So before we start this episode, we want to let you know that there are spoilers about these animes we talk about. We're going to be talking about Skate the Infinity, Kimono Jihen, Soma Spider So What, alongside The Promised Neverland. If you haven't caught up to these and you want to, we do not recommend listening to this first, but please feel free to tune in as soon as you finish watching them. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi and welcome to Our Anime Burrito. I'm Anthony. I'm one of the co-hosts. And I'm Diana. I'm the other co-host. And we are going to start off with Skate the Infinity. Alright, so we open up the first episode introducing the characters Reki and Shadow. Reki is the protagonist of Skate the Infinity. And Shadow is known as the anti-hero of the S races, which are the, the big underground skateboarding races that only the equivalent of pro skaters can do. Yeah, in this first episode, we also meet Langa, which is going to be another main character. And he is attending Reiki's school. So Reiki meets Langa when Langa is trying to apply for a calligraphy job. He doesn't get the job, so he's out there all disappointed. And Reiki loses his skateboard and has Langa go and grab it for him. He tries to show Langa how to ride a skateboard, but Langa ends up falling hilariously. And Reiki scares the crap out of him by doing an ollie right on top of his head. Later on, we get to see Langa and his like home life with his mom. And right when I saw that picture that of him when he was younger with his mom and dad snowboarding, I knew like instantly that he was going to use his techniques that he used from snowboarding to skateboarding, yeah, which no, is exactly same. what he did when he like tied up his feet with the duct tape onto the board. Well, you know what I called it before before I realized that because for some reason I didn't process that he was great at snowboarding until after the race after he raced shadow from duct taping his feet to the board but mm -hmm. what i realized was the protagonist powers are strong with lenga like how a guy that can't drive that can't ride a skateboard somehow ends up becoming a professional skater yeah that's true <laughs> i call he just that, has the luck i call that protagonist powers what works out for the protagonist in the end also to get to that race with shadow it opens up with the fact that they were trying to go and take a skateboard and for some reason the Reki has his own skateboard in an identical bag to the store's bags that they have their skateboards for clients. So due to protagonist mix-up, which is a pretty common anime trope, he grabs his board and forgets the one he actually needs. Reki ends up being threatened by Shadow to race. Or no, he doesn't end up being threatened by Shadow to race. He's forced to race by the people that he screwed the order up on mm -hmm. because they can't yeah. ride on a very bad beat up board that Reki uses. And Lenga ends up just duct taping his feet out of random. Doesn't even say anything. He just is doing it in the background. I mean, it's not that random because I mean, he obviously like he doesn't know how to skateboard. And I mean, to me, it kind of made sense because of the whole like picture thing that I mentioned. And right when I saw him skate, um, taping his feet to the skateboard i already knew what was going on yeah, <laughs> but the I funny thing is hmm? i said i could already tell what was happening i accepted it yeah but the funny thing is about all that is the way that he anything that he does on the skateboard whether it was when he taped his feet onto it or afterwards when he was learning how to skateboard in the second episode he did it so confidently like his face his facial expressions like like, if something cool was about to happen, and then it just cut to him failing over and over and over again. And that part was really funny to me. It was. It was hilarious. All right. <laughs> yeah, like, when he was just standing there on the skateboard, like, waiting for something to happen, and Shadow was already so far ahead of him. 
And he was just standing still waiting for the skateboard to move on its own. It would have happened eventually. The wind would have gotten him. But now we go to the third episode, which is the last one out as far as we watched it. And that was... First, at the end of the second episode, it had this little kid that told Langa to challenge him to a feud for the S races. And then, I don't think Langa actually challenged him to a feud, but the little kid just kept starting stuff. But Reki no, decided... No, it was because... It was that one character that was watching the... Um... The the races from inside like a room or something. Is that character Adam? The one that showed up at the end of the race? Yeah, that's Adam. I guess he's supposed to be like the uh, top villain. Have you ever seen Bakugan? Uh, no, not really, but I know what it is. Okay, he reminds me of the character that was the antagonist in the original Bakugan series called Masquerade. Who basically mm. had like the same aesthetic. Or he reminds me of the boyfriend from Sailor Moon but with a lot more spikes. And purple hair. I just don't see that. How do you not see it? He was literally standing on a bunch of rose petals. I think in the intro. Yeah, but his like character design, I don't know. It doesn't remind me of him. Like, Darian's facial features are more like tender and and nice. I don't know. <laughs> actually, because of uh, Lenga's snowboarding like past, Reki actually built linga a brand new type of board which was a lot like a snowboard and you know there's a skateboard mm. actually like that you can buy oh really i didn't know that it's called the summer board super expensive i thought about getting it but i don't ride enough to make it worth the cost you know what i mean the wheel part where it like shifts in all directions isn't that like wouldn't that be hard to learn how to control mm, not necessarily those kind of those kind of shifting things are more about keeping your balance. If you can keep your center of gravity upright the entire time, it's a lot easier. It's hard to learn, but it's easy to maneuver once you know how to do it. Seems kind of fun to learn how to ride. Honestly, it is. I really do enjoy it. If it wasn't for the fact that we live in Tucson where our sidewalks are cracked every other foot, <sighs> I probably would have rode a lot more. Now that you mentioned um, Tuxedo Mask... Earlier, there was a part in, you know, like the in-between episode animation parts where it's like where a commercial would go, like in the middle of the episode. Yeah. The halfway point. Um, the little animations that they have right there, there was one where it was Shadow turning from his floral Yeah, his magical like girl his transformation. <laughs> yeah. It was like a Sailor Moon transformation, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Yeah, and it was hilarious just seeing Shadow, the pro wrestling looking guy, pro wrestling rock star looking dude, turn into some mild-mannered florist. You know, I call hacks on how Lenga beat Mia. The only reason he won was because of the fact that Lenga naturally had a bigger board. Honestly. <laughs> Leah had, it's like... or Mia had a child-sized board, and Lenga had a full-grown, basically a long board. Of course he's going to win by a couple inches if they're matched upies. At the same body length. Have you seen... You've seen the first Cars movie, right? It's like that race where um, Lightning McQueen sticks out his tongue and that's mm -hmm. how he he's like tied with the other two characters in the race. I guess that counts though. I mean, his tongue is a part of the car. So how would you rate this one? Probably a bean and cheese burrito. Bean and cheese? Only because I'm still waiting. Yeah, I'm still waiting on like the more intense hardcore um, races, you know? I'd probably put this on like carne asada. 
It was funny. It made yeah. me laugh a lot. It had a good story and it made me laugh. I also yeah, like I mean, how I it got right into the story. Watching. Mm-hmm. Same. So now we're moving on to Kimono Jihen. And there's currently three episodes out. In the first episode, we learn about Kabane. His nickname is Torotabo. And basically, he doesn't go to school. He just works for, uh, what is it, his aunt's yeah, farm it's his, or something like it's that? Yeah, his aunt. And, and, the little, and his cousin's a spoiled brat. I know, they're so mean to him. But basically, like him, his cousin and like his friends make fun of him. Uh, we also meet the other character, Inugami, who is a detective and was hired by the aunt to kill him, basically, because um, he is, what was he, half a ghoul? Uh, no, he was half kimono. There's a specific <sighs> type of kimono that he was, but I can't remember exactly the name. I got a little confused, but I need to rewatch the first episode because it explains everything on there. Oh, apparently he is half ghoul. I knew it. Okay. See, I don't need to rewatch this episode. Yeah, Kabane is half ghoul. I was wrong. I looked that up. Inugami was hired by the aunt to kill him because of being half ghoul. There were like sightings around the town of dead animals and such. And the aunt thought it was him because without his uh, little life stone to keep him human and not have him be hungry over other living things, I guess you could say. He goes beast mode. And And so she thought that he was the one responsible for all the the deaths you know from what i when i first heard about this anime i heard it was a paranormal investigation anime but honestly from the stuff i've seen they don't really do any investigating in this yeah i mean it's more like saving or getting rid of like the paranormal Mm -hmm. part of it yeah it's all stuff that's already happening they just kind of solve the problems that and fix them yeah like in the second episode i literally did not know what i was going to expect from what was happening inside that room yeah i thought i did not expect to see a bunch of spider looking things just or actually i think they looked more like lice to be honest or ticks yeah they were just some weird bugs i don't think they were even spiders i think they were ticks but yeah i mean they they were saying that they like sucked their blood yeah so think of think of demon ticks red demon ticks and thousands of them just eating someone's flesh but for some reason, not leaving any marks. Yeah, that was weird. But let's see if you remember, because I, I really don't. How how did that even happen? Because I know the kids stole some shoes. But like, how did he, this thing manifest itself? The older brother made the kid feel guilty for stealing. And the ticks actually feed off a of guilt the most. Oh. So the shoes were like the symbol of guilt. So when Kabane removed the shoes from the body, the ticks went with it. But how did the ticks just randomly appear? Like, I don't know. I think confused with that part. I think guilt was like doing some demon summoning thing. Because the kid just like started crying, and then out of nowhere they came out of his body and like started eating him up. And then the mom tried to save him, and then she got engulfed by them too. When what? the ticks bite you, they paralyze you, so that's why they weren't moving or twitching or anything like that too. Though they never mentioned what happened to the worker that went in there. Did I mean he he was saved also? With the mom and the child. Did they show that? I don't remember seeing that. I think so, yeah. Once all the ticks were gone, you could see all the people that were in there. And I think he was visible in the, within the frame. Hmm. Oh, Kabane, because he can't feel pain. He can't feel pain. He doesn't feel like he's gotten used to not feeling emotions or anything like that. He regenerates so quickly. 
he just walks in there and lets the ticks just eat him, crawling all over his eyes and all that. And just picks up the shoes like nothing. Now that you mention that the ticks paralyze you, why didn't that happen to him? I want to say it's because his regeneration had something to do with fire. It might have just burned the par- the poison inside of him before it could. Are you just assuming? <laughs> yeah, because I already built a theory on how his regeneration works. And it basically puts his body into what into a healthier state. I mean, that's how regeneration works, right? No. Regeneration. Okay, so there's different kinds of regeneration. There's the kind to where you regenerate new body parts altogether. And you regenerate new stuff to replace it. But then there's the regeneration I'm thinking of, which basically reverts your body. It's like a form of a time distortion. So if Kebani was stabbed, the way I think his regeneration works is his body memorized the way it was right before it was stabbed. And reverses to the healthier state it was in before it was stabbed. So I think with the paralysis in his bloodstream, his body saw that as uh, something hurting him. So it kept reverting himself to being before he was uh, paralyzed. And that's a theory? Yeah, it's a theory. Okay. I read a lot of fan fiction. There's a field of theories that make me an anime expert. Interesting. But yeah, that's pretty much all that happened in the second episode. Oh, I forgot to mention in the first episode... Kabane was actually killed by Unigami. Oh, we totally forgot about the biggest thing in yeah. this episode. So, Unigami is revealed to be a kimono as well. Or half kimono. He tells Kabane, hey, by the way, I was hired to kill you. So, you want to meet your parents? And Kabane's like, no, just kill me. So, he shoots him in the head. But it's established earlier in the episode that ghouls cannot die. Like, there's no way to kill them. You just... If you do end up, like, hurting them, they just regenerate and then come back to life. They die, but they don't stay dead. They don't kill. I think what he exactly said, he's like, we don't, you don't die when you're killed. Yeah, so, basically. (laughs) I mean, a similar thing. You don't die when you're killed, Diana. They just go into a coma. How about that? And then they just come back. Yeah, I would say that's it. He, He shows the aunt his body, thinking that he's dead, but... Then he just comes back to life later on in the episode. <laughs> I know. He basically just says, by the way, I'm adopting this kid. But yeah, we get to the third episode where they meet this person named Yoko Inari, who is basically a fox woman. She, Yoko wants to meet Kabane because of his life stone, which is apparently super rare and it's like the equivalent of a diamond to Kimono's. When uh, Kabane lets her see the life stone, she keeps it and cuts off his head. That part was so unexpected to me. I was so confused. No, same. I was honestly I, like, wait, did they just kill the main character? Yeah, because I just, I thought that she just wanted to meet him, you know? Uh, possibly to just talk about the life stone and not, like, steal it from him. And I just see her just cut off his head and then separate his body and his head. Well, I kind of assumed thing. she was going to keep the life stone, but I didn't think she was going to cut off his head. I thought we were going to be looking at like some fight scene between a demon Kabane and uh, Yoko. Yeah, but, but for someone like Kabane for like hiding his his true self for so long, like it's really impressive that he knows how to control his regeneration and his powers really well. Oh, like, yeah. He knows how to sure. use them. For sure. Also, a little bit of background on Yoko. She's actually the superintendent of the police force there. Doesn't she have, like, a power to make everyone like her or something like that? Yeah, it's like some fragrance she gives off. A scent that just kind of puts people under her control. Yeah, she, like, hypnotizes them because they even, like, don't realize what's actually going on. Mm Mm-hmm. 
she puts his head into a box and she gives it to Khan saying, okay, good girl, go put this up in my room. And I'll be honest, I didn't think he was going to be rescued. Oh, no. I thought I was going to go for a new arc altogether. I mean, it was pretty cool the way that he was rescued and how he was literally just like, throw my head, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, though I thought it was kind of dumb for Khan to immediately go confront his friends to go kill them first. Instead of just putting the head up in the room first and then confronting the friends. And like she was pretending to be him too. Mm. Like what was she going to expect? They're, they're going to be like, let's leave. And then what she's going to do. Honestly, it would have been pretty cool if uh, she put the crate in the room and they never showed that he got his head cut off. And she goes with them. Mm. And then later we find out mm -hmm. what actually happened. It would have been pretty cool, to be honest. Guarantee there's going to be a fan fiction about that out there. Seeing his head get cut off and then the whole, like, build up until, like, the friends find out was still pretty cool. No, it was. I love how they just took the crate, didn't even know what was in it. They're like, we want the crate. And then open it. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Hence why Akira fainted, because seeing the disembodied head talking to you, I think it's a pretty justified way to faint. Okay, so what, what would you rate this anime? This anime, I would rate it as probably a bean burrito. I think I will do a bean and cheese. Well, I think this bur this burrito, I think this burrito has potential. <laughs> <laughs> I think this anime has potential, but I have to see a bit more. Just give it a higher rating. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much in a slow pace right now. I thought it was hilarious how they basically just took the fox girl after she tracked them down, gave her pizza, and then said, hey, clean up your mess, and no attacking. Is she gonna, like, convert into their team or something? She's I feel in, like that's what's gonna happen. She's in the intro. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, because when I first saw the intro, like, for the first two episodes, I was like, who is this fourth character that we haven't seen yet? And then I saw her, and I was like, oh, maybe she's gonna, like, join them or something. I think she's either going to join the team or she's going to be one of those characters that's not a part of the team, but it's a part of the team. She like just follows them around. Yeah, like shows up to every situation now somehow. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows how those characters get there, but they get there. And they're generally good for fighting another side character or buying yeah. time for the main character to get their main power up. All right, so I'm going to start off with talking So I'm a Spider, So What? Before I get into this, this anime uses a lot of game logic. Specifically RPG game logic, like a lot of isekai anime. This girl is reborn as a spider. And the three stats that it shows is HP, SP. Actually, I think it's just HP and SP, so the two stats. I don't remember seeing an MP yet. Mm -mm. I think it was just the two. So HP and SP are health and stamina. She does get skill points that she can use for different skills, like she uses for the analyze skill. And she can use them into her like poison resistance skill. So she still gets skills like a normal isekai, but she's just a spider. So her skill set isn't very varied yet. And it opens up with her being just breaking out of the egg and seeing a bunch of other spiders and freaking out that she's a spider saying I remember falling asleep but I don't remember what happened next and she sees the spiders actually eating each other for food and then sees the mama spider which is the monster species of a queen teratek and one queen teratek can destroy an entire country and it's the most powerful of the spider monsters and there's only five of them alive 
So it gives you an idea of her species, of the main character spiders, who's known as a small lesser teratic. And she decides to wander off after eating the dead body of one of her siblings, getting the Kinslayer title. And titles in RPGs could give you extra both extra bonuses. So say you have a Dragon Slayer title. You would be stronger fighting dragons. You'd have a stat advantage. For Kinslayer, it's probably she just has an advantage fighting some of her siblings then. So that's kind of how the game logic works. And in the second half of the first episode, it introduces some of the other students in her class that were also killed in this big explosion. And we have Schlein Annalit. I know I did not say that right. And he's known as the hero. So he's going to definitely be in there a lot longer. He has a younger sister who I assume was born in that world and isn't a reincarnation. And that's Sue Annalit. And then his best friend, who I think was a guy originally, but is now a girl. And that's Carnacia Annabald. And Schlein also has a familiar dragon named Faerun, who was originally a bully, but is now turned into a tiny little dragon that sits on his shoulders. And then they have a couple other classmates that were reincarnated. I'm going to wrap up the third episode and where the anime's at so far, because it's only three episodes in. I know it's a lot of information I throw at you, but that's really what this anime is. It's just a lot of information they gave so far. And nothing really eventful has happened story-wise, except for the fact that the bully ended up also getting the title Kinslayer because she helped kill the dragon, which we assume is one of her parents. And everybody kind of freaks out and is a little grossed out by the fact that she just killed either her mother or father. This anime seems like it's interesting. I don't know if as I'm hyped for it as I am for Kimono Jihan or Skate the Infinity, but it does seem like something I want to follow just to get some answers to questions like who the spider doesn't actually have a name. When I looked it up on the wiki, it said unnamed spider, nameless spider. So we don't know if she's one of the classmates or she's a, a person that was in the class at the time. Yeah, because in, in the second episode, uh, we learn about the dragon character who used to be a bully in their past life and they're talking about a character that they used to bully named Wakaba and as they were talking about this character they were wondering where this person was as a the reincarnation and as they were finishing up that conversation they cut back to the spider so I just assumed that that was Wakaba yeah same here but they really haven't the spider hasn't really said anything about like her identity and yeah. it's just kind of weird. So that's why I'm kind of interested in getting answers to these questions. Yeah, I was really confused <laughs> with this anime because I don't really watch any RPG anime. This is my first one. So definitely the whole leveling up, I was so completely lost <laughs> as to why that was happening or what was like even the point of that. And then it really just seemed like three different animes just put together from... The beginning where they're like in the school and then the whole explosion happens and then they have flashbacks of those moments mm -hmm. in the school and then the spider moment and then the magical characters i don't know what to call them the other <laughs> the other characters where they're learning how to use magic and all that they really all seem out of place but as they were talking about the whole reincarnation thing and going from their past life it kind of started making sense but still like the whole leveling thing was really like taking me out of it <laughs> Yeah, I'm waiting to see where the story, like, the characters kind of tie together between each other, where the spider meets the kids. Yeah, because in the the intro song is actually pretty good, the theme song. Mm -hmm. And I see, like, parts where the, the spider girl 
all and then other spiders are together like doing spells or something like that so and then like, it has I don't know the where... spider girl with what I assume is a human form eating the planet yeah so like I I'm so confused as to how it's gonna go from what we're at right now to that something big is gonna happen I don't know like I'm so confused <laughs> this better not be one of the animes where she gets her spider form in the last episode or her human form in the last episode and not answer any questions at all yeah like it's just to me it seems like it's all over the place i'm sure it makes sense for people who like read the manga or know more about these types of animes but this is the first time i ever watched something in this style and so it's really confusing for me yeah right now i would give it a rating as a bean burrito because it's interesting but it's not the best like reincarnation anime i've seen yeah i i would say bean burrito also maybe close to just being a tortilla <laughs> just because i'm super confused and honestly i don't mm-hmm. i don't know if i would continue watching it yeah it, <laughs> there's definitely been a lot better reincarnation animes out there this one just kind of jumps around this is my first reincarnation anime i know that you've seen so many <laughs> from all the mm-hmm. ones that you've talked about before it's a really common uh anime genre like the whole other world thing it's just a very common genre when they're in the school to when they are reincarnated are those two different worlds like two different planets maybe or something universes most of the time those are two different universes yeah oh okay when they're reincarnated a majority of the time they go to a different dimension is there like more than those two like if they die in in this one are they gonna get reincarnated in a completely different universe or are they just gonna go back and forth reincarnation animes never really get that far to find out the answer i know the anime konosuba they mention the fact that there's different universes and there's a whole lot of them. But they don't actually mention how reincarnation works. I think it's like you lit, you get one second chance. And if you screw up, oh well. So then you just flat out die? Yeah, you, you just go to the afterlife. They're like, we gave you a second chance. And most of the time in reincarnation animes, when you die, you go to the different universe, you can generally have some advantage. You either level up faster or you get one super overpowered ability. So then how does it work for the bully? Because it seemed like they went down from being a human and then like they did something bad in their, in that life and then they were reincarnated into a dragon for this one while everyone else was like higher, you know, like they, they were humans and they had intense power and stuff. Uh, so, it's probably something to do with their evolution. Like how the spider evolves it probably has something to do with her evolution. <laughs> Her evolution will make her way stronger or something. I mean, she was able to help take down a fully grown dragon on her own. I would leave this, like you said, bean burrito or tortilla. Just kind of jumps around a little bit too much for me to give it a higher rating so far. Maybe I'll give it a higher rating if the story picks up a bit more. Mm -hmm. But I can't say anything right now. I'm trying not to read any mangas or light novels about any anime that we review. So this way I can give it an honest opinion. And now we are going to move on to our final anime of this episode, The Promised Neverland. A quick recap from the first season, because we're going to be reviewing or talking about the second season. In the first season, we're introduced to the characters Emma, Ray, and Norman, which are the main three characters. Basically, these characters, along with um, other kids younger than them, live on a farm where they're basically just raised as orphans. And they're tested with their intelligence, they're fed regularly, they're always kept healthy and safe for the purpose of that as their brain develops and gets, and they get smarter, they will be sold off 
by the age of 12 to demons to be eaten. So that's their whole purpose in life, just to grow until the age of 12 and then get eaten. And if not by the age of 12, um, they start getting eaten at the age of six. From what I could tell, they kind of grade the kids off of like grades of meat. So you have the top tier, super expensive meat that everybody wants, but nobody can afford except for the really high class who is so far only known as the one. I feel like that's the per- that's the demon who is in charge of all of the farms. Or he's their god. Yeah, maybe like a like a government higher official type. Have you ever had like grade A meat before? No. You can never is it go good? Back. It is. Oh god, it's so good. <laughs> that's funny. No, I don't I don't think I have. But I've seen videos on TikTok where they feed their cats like regular meat and then the really expensive one. And they always eat the more expensive one first. <laughs> yeah, one day I'm going to get some of that grade A meat, invite you over, and have you watch as I eat it. No, you're going to feed me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the three main characters find out um, of everything that's going on in the farm and they plan an escape. And that's basically what the whole first season is about just planning it, training. Um, Other things happen, but up until the last episode, the 12th episode, where they go through the plan and then they escape the farm. Besides Norman, because he is um, He was given to the demons right before. Yeah, he was sold off. and Honestly, I feel kind of sympathetic towards mom. Yeah, I mean, she also went through the same thing. She's only trying to survive, so... It's just she did it on her own and she got scared. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen to her after... All her kids escaped. Mm-hmm. Like if they're well, not going to forgive her for it. And they left the kids her. under the age of six. So, But yeah, I do kind of feel sympathetic because she's just kind of stuck with her environment. Yeah, and so like maybe she gets replaced mm-hmm. or grows old and dies in this farm. Probably not going to move on from there. Because she could have cut the string that Emma was on when uh, Emma slid down. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen, but it didn't. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> No, same here. I I just watched this show in one day, including the second season, and I grew attached to Emma. She honestly kind of reminds me of, like, honestly, it reminds me of Naruto. I've never seen Naruto, so I don't know how to compare it to that. Uh, well, basically, super depressing life, and yet still remains upbeat. Yeah. I didn't mean the show itself. I meant the main character. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I, I got what you meant. Okay, cool. People forget Naruto is actually a character in it, and he's not uh, just the show. And it's a food. Mm-hmm. It's actually a ramen topping. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the second season just picks up on their escape, and they're trying to find this area B02-32. Or no, 36, B06. Right? B06. B06. Dash 32. And basically, it's like the safe space for humans. At, f- at least that's what they're assuming. They find out about it because it's some hidden pen that made by this dude, William Minerva. Yeah, and then they find clues in his books and stuff. So basically, like the first episode is them uh, going through the desert. I mean, the desert. <laughs> going through the forest. And they're being hunted by the demons once they find out that they escaped. And they meet the Two characters, Sanju and Mujika, and they're also demons, but they claim to not eat humans because of their religion. 
even the later it's exposed that they do want to eat humans. No, it's exposed that just Sanju wants to eat humans. If they returned them to the farm, they could have had an easy life for a little while before having to Mm -hmm. worry about it again. But Sanju wants them to be free, so this way he can hunt them down, hunt down their uh, great-grandkids and all that in the wild like they used to. He thinks that if you hunt if you hunt them in the wild as free humans instead of being captured, it's not breaking the religion because they're not farming humans for food. The first and second episode of the second season is them learning how to live out in in the wild basically and hunt, you know, find find water, find other foods until the third episode when they finally leave and then they find the bunker underground. And they're just, you know, like checking it out, learning how to live around in this bunker it has a lot for them to survive yeah for like a couple months probably mm-hmm. until they like figure out what else they have to do after that but at the end towards the end of the episode they find a lot of like sketchy things going on down there mm-hmm. so they're playing a piano and then they they hit a certain key on the piano and this hidden door opens and this they find this like tunnel creepy little tunnel probably like an as an escape route later on they find this like random telephone in the middle of a small room and it just rings right when they find it which i thought was pretty strange and this character talks saying that it's minerva but i'm not quite sure mm-hmm. i don't know if i believe it <laughs> i mean i think it is because how would he have known they were looking for him except for the fact that like he had surveillance automatic already set up so i wouldn't be surprised if wherever he moved to he had something notifying him that someone uh, found his base. Or he has like cameras inside to monitor the kids. I don't know. I don't know if he would have all that. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I mean, he had the surveillance cameras covering the entire desert already. So, And he called immediately once they walked into the room with the payphone in it. So he has to have some way to know they were there. I'm just imagining him keep calling until somebody finds the room and just sitting there at a table. Come on, somebody answer. Somebody answer. <laughs> behind the scenes of what happens in most animes. The most intense part of that was finding that random little room with all the sketchings on the wall saying help and like a bunch of random stuff, like in a horror movie. Yeah, it kind of looked like help was written in blood. Did it? It looked like scratch marks to me or like pens or something. I think William Minerva is a demon. That's what I think too. I think it's a trap to lure like any kids that run away. Mm, I don't. I don't think that for i don't know i feel like it's not that exactly but definitely like something else is going on it's not what they think it is i mean these kind of the reason i think that is these kind of animes constantly have it to where you're never safe and even when you are safe it turns out there's something bigger and badder than what you originally thought was out there and then you're still not safe yeah i think there's gonna be a big plot twist eventually like or at least towards the end of the second season yeah because they found the base in the third episode yeah, something's crazy. So I, I feel like something crazy is going to happen in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Or then at least the next two episodes. I expected the base not to show up until like the sixth or seventh episode. Yeah, I thought their journey was going to be so much longer. <laughs> you know, even though Sonju wants to kill their great-grandkids, I think he was a pretty cool uncle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was pretty nice to them, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, for being pretty scary looking. I've heard some people say he just wants to kill their kids. I don't think he's going to kill them or their kids. I think he's going to wait until they get a couple generations. Because Mujika, even she's a little girl. Like, her body is that of a little girl's. And yet she's 700 years old. So I think he's fine waiting, like, 50 years or something for the kids and the 
great grandkids to ha- to have a couple generations and free more. I think he actually respects these kids enough to let them live happy lives before he kills their kids. So how would you rate this? Probably a carne asada burrito. Yes. Yeah, I, I just I really like it. Same here. For the series overall, I would rate it carne asada. Yeah, it just like every episode just you keep learning new information and it like keeps you on your toes. They have a purpose. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, I probably would have given it a lower rating if they broke out of the farm way earlier. Yeah, for sure. There's always like something new. And definitely like it brings moments where you don't expect them to happen. That is all that we have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and tune in for next week's episode where we're going to talk about Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation. That time I got reincarnated as a slime season two. Suppose a kid from the last dungeon boonies moved to a starter town. So the theme for next episode is just going to be really long titles. Mm-hmm. Tune in on Wednesdays for Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Spotify. Or you can wait until Sunday where we post it onto YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Anime Burrito out. Mm-hmm.